from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. It's the second hour of the show. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I got to do a quick plug here, and I try to say this a few times a night just because I don't want you guys to miss any wonderful thing that we do on the show. If you guys don't already subscribe to the podcast, that is uh, everything we do here on the show. We cut up and we make it sound great. We put it through HD, in case you're not listening on an HD radio. Many of you are, because most cars are newer, but if you're not and you're listening on an old antenna radio somewhere, if you listen to a podcast on your phone, it's going to be really clear. It's going to be like I'm just having thoughts in your head, my voice in your head. I don't know if that's something that excites you, but if you're into it, like we're into it, so let's give it a try. Let's have fun. Download the podcast, Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim, and wherever podcasts are sold, we don't care where you get it from, just get it. That's all we want you to do. Go find it. Hit that follow button, mash down that subscribe button, whatever it is on your various form of podcasts that you do. It could be Spotify, might be Apple Podcasts. I don't care. Just go get it. Kyra Knights with Jay Scorheim. Go look it up so you don't have to miss a minute of it. All right. Uh, with that, let's get right into it. This is the News Roundup. Every night at this time, we do the News Roundup, which is a lot of fun. We just get to look back on all the other shows. We get to find out what they were talking about. We get to kind of make pithy comments sometimes about the things that they were covering or the way that they did it. But the really fun part is that we get to uh, set up every single one of these um, uh, news roundups, I was going to say podcast, every one of these news roundups with a payoff on the trivia. So tonight, super low-hanging fruit, uh, this trivia clip, everybody should know instantly. I hope everybody got this one because this was really, really simple. It was inspired by something that happened to me this morning, actually. So this morning, here's my schedule. Let me play you the clip first. I'll give you the answer. Then I'll tell you what I did in the, in the morning. All right, here's the trivia clip. First, I'm going to play it for you, and then I will tell you the answer. Here it is. It's your last chance to take a guess, like mentally. Just take a quick mental guess. I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're, that you're using here. Uh, it didn't require any discipline to attain it. You know, you read what others had done, and you, and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You want to sell it. Well, I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. All right, so that obviously is from Jurassic Park. Everybody should know that. That's Ian Malcolm. He's giving his famous could they, should they speech sitting in that little table room or whatever with all those projectors shining in their eyes. You guys remember the scene. All right. So this morning, um, I took my, I dropped my two kids off for school. Uh, my third son who is in preschool, but not on, not today. He's not in preschool today. Um, we just said, he goes, Hey dad, can we go to the park and have some, so we went to the park and then after the park, cause I love donuts and because I had a, you know, had time, we stopped by the donut shop. We got a nice donut. Then we come home. He's not allowed to watch TV around the house. We try to like limit TV time as much as possible because they just turn into little monsters when we let them watch TV or have any kind of screen time. So we try to limit that. And he knows this. And kids are tricky and kids are really manipulative. So here's what he says to me. He's four years old. He says, Dad, can we watch that dinosaur movie that you love with our donuts? Wouldn't it be fun, Dad? You and me can watch that dinosaur movie. What he meant was Jurassic Park. It's one of my favorite movies. I love Jurassic Park. It's so great. I like to watch it with the kids. Uh, they have seen the movie up until the point where the goat gets eaten by the by the T-Rex. And then after that, we we shut it off because it's too violent. We, I don't want to give them nightmares. 
But it's a great movie. And then we fast forward to the end and they see that everybody's fine. And uh, well, most everybody, the lawyer doesn't do so well. Spoiler alert. So that was my morning. We got up, uh, we went and got donuts and then he goes, can we watch that? And I said, yes, yes, son. Almost, my eyes almost glistening with tears because I was so proud of him at four for wanting to watch Jurassic Park. What a lovely, perfect morning. The sun is shining. This weather this morning was just so perfect. It was so beautiful today. It did not feel like we were in the middle of winter. It started to feel like, oh, is this spring? Is life going to start getting sunnier again? And yes, life is going to start getting sunnier again. This show is always going to leave you with some hope. And so I hope that you are leaving every time you finish with the show. I hope you're just feeling a little bit lighter and that you've enjoyed the show and had a good time because this is not compulsory. I'm not forcing you to be here. I'm trying to convince you to stay and hang out with us. So, all right, that's enough of my stories of Jurassic Park. That's what I do with my morning. Yes, it's a little kind of an easy morning, but I work at night. So I got to find times to enjoy uh, time with my family. And I just get to do it in the middle of the morning on a, on a Thursday. I get to eat donuts and watch Jurassic Park. Is that a dream scenario or what? Oh, I love it. All right, let's get to it. Seattle's Morning News, they were talking about childcare. This is something I'm very, very familiar with. Let's hear Heather Boss talk about it. Hey guys, how's it going? Are we having fun? Under the watchful eyes of a childcare worker. Yeah, what are we playing today? Oh. Kids are at play. I do like playing tetherball. Do you like hanging out here after school? Yeah. For dozens of children at this after-school Kids Co. program in Seattle, it's fun. For their parents, it's relief. Having good people to help watch, I mean, it's people that you're trusting with the most important thing in your life. And for many of these families, it's a necessity. Without this child care, I couldn't do my job, neither me or my husband. So we we need it. It's needed. But good quality child care can be frustratingly difficult to find. Just not being able to get into care. Wait lists are really long, so there's just a real scarcity. Kids co-founder and CEO Susan Brown. The data that we've looked at basically shows statewide there's only about 25% of the need for care is met. In fact, in some parts... I'm going to pause it here real fast because this is just anecdotally something... I mean, I've heard this from a lot of people because you kind of make friends with... When you have kids, when you have young kids, you just make friends with people who have young kids. It's just kind of the way it works. I guess your kids make friends and then your friends become those kids' parents. That's the way it works. All of my friends right now, I still have some friends from, you know, the before I had kids. That's what I call it, the before. But now most of my friends, most of the people I'm hanging out with on a day-to-day basis, when I am hanging out with people, it's because we're getting the kids together. And then we hang out and uh, it works. So it's great. I've met so many great people. But back to child care, super expensive, really, really expensive. I was talking about this with a friend of mine this morning, actually. And we were saying like, oh, how crazy is it? When I was a kid... You guys might not have had the same experience. We all have different experiences. That's why it's interesting to talk to a lot of people because you get their their experience in life. You get to hear from them. Here's mine. When I was a kid, we didn't have preschool. It probably existed. I was unaware of it. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and so uh, I was unaware of school until kindergarten. Then we went into school. And then when I got married, my wife, who was an only child, and both of her parents worked, she said, oh, well, our kids have to go to preschool. And I said, what are you talking about? What's, what do you mean preschool? And she said, well, it's a great place for them to develop a ton of great relationships. They make lots of friends and like developmentally, they do all this great stuff. It has all these great benefits. And I was like, well, I didn't go and I can talk. I talk good, uh, but we ended up sending our kid to preschool. Preschool is really expensive. It's like really, really, really expensive. And uh, so I totally understand how parents need it and they like it and they want it. There are other options. Obviously, uh, this mom that they just talked to, and I'll play the rest of this clip in just a second, but this mom they just talked to, she said, you know, both of, our, both of us work. We need it. We have to have it. 
some people do decide that they're going to have less money in life. And then one of the parents stays home with the kids. That's what my wife and I have decided to do. Um, we have uh, three boys. We have one on the way. So we're going to have a fourth. My wife has decided that she wants to be a stay at home mom, which is phenomenal. I love it. I love stay at home parents. God bless you. It's really hard work. It's like really, really tough work and they don't get enough thanks. So thank you for that. Uh, we were, I was just talking the other day about how, uh, well, I wasn't saying Lisa and Matt were both saying how teachers don't get enough thank yous. You know, it doesn't get enough thank yous. Stay at home parents. Thank you. Stay at home parents. You guys are working hard. It's really, really hard. And you're doing this really difficult thing. And then you're not supposed to get thanks for it because then it makes it look like, oh, well, didn't you choose to be at home with your kids? Yes. You're choosing to be at home with your kids, but it's still really hard. Like you're putting in a ton of effort. Like I get to leave the house and come here and hang out with you guys and do this. And then we get good ratings and my bosses all send me emails and they all want to take me out to lunch and say like, oh, what are you, you're doing so great. My wife doesn't get that. My wife doesn't get that when she's got a good day taking care of the kids. So I'm going to say it right now. Honey, thank you so much for taking care of our kids. You do an amazing job. And then to all of the other parents out there, moms, dads, whoever it is to stay home with the kids, great job. You guys are working really hard. I just want to, I don't know why. I just like felt like somebody needed to hear that. So thank you so much. All right, let's get back to Heather's story about childcare. Parts of Washington. The lack of availability is so large. We call them childcare deserts. That's Cheryl Smith with the State Commerce Department who oversees the Child Care Collaborative Task Force set up by the state legislature in 2018. It found that one of the major contributors to a lack of childcare is it's not a very lucrative business to get into. Childcare provider what this is shocking to me i have we have paid for child care we've done preschool all these things it's very expensive i am like shocked at how expensive it is are not paid very well which brown confirms what is the average what does she say there? i'm gonna back that up a second providers to get into child care providers are not paid very well. Which Brown confirms. What is the average pay for a child care worker? Okay, in Washington State, I think it's about 15 to $17 an hour, I think. That might be high, but in, in Seattle, it's around $20 or more per hour. And that's not super high either. Here's a question for you guys, and I, and I don't know the answer to this, and maybe you can help me. Uh, you can text me, or you can just ask it yourself and just, and just uh, email me or something. Why is that the case? If that is really the case, why is that the case? Because I have put my kid in childcare. I have put my, you know, we've, we've paid for preschool. Preschool is very expensive, like very, very expensive. I'm trying to figure out where I don't want to say what we paid for my kids preschool last year because I don't want to, it's, it's an embarrassingly high number. And I have talked, and, and I have talked to friends who have spent thousands and thousands of dollars a month putting their kid in uh, childcare because both the parents worked and they're spending like what I would, what I would assume is the same price as a, a good college education and they're spending it on preschool. Why, why are these workers not paid that much? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just like, that's just a question of mine because I know how much I've paid for it. I know how much I've paid for childcare and preschool and all that. I know how much my friends are paying for it. All of these people. And, and I know that every time I go in there, I'm seeing like 20 kids. So 20 times what I'm paying, I would assume they're making pretty good money per month. So why aren't they, why aren't they not making a lot of money? I have no answer. I have no answer for that. So if you know the answer for that, let me know. All right. Uh, Gene Ursula, we're talking about delivery app fees. Let's get this straight. 
She lives in Lake Stevens. And she has to pay a fee in response to a decision made by the Seattle City Council. According to Uber Eats, yes. And that's because Lake Stevens is a suburb of Seattle. And therefore incurs the aforementioned fee. 36 miles away and in another county and we're a suburb of Seattle. It's like, no. I don't understand why you would believe DoorDash or Uber Eats in saying that they have to impose a new service fee on people in Lake Stevens because of their drivers in Seattle. A, DoorDash and Uber Eats take up to 30% of the restaurant order. Are you telling me that out of your $50 Chinese food delivery and the $30 jack-in-the-box delivery that gets delivered later that hour and the $40 delivery from KFC, they can't come up with 19 bucks an hour and they have to charge people in Lake Stevens? Come on. Well, because the way these companies work is they're, they're backed by venture capital. They come into a market. They undercut the price. Yep. The investors expect to make... 10 times their amount of money in five to 10 years. And it's all based on market expansion. So we're going to swallow the globe with our services. We're going to dump billions into expansion. And then once we start needing to make a profit, you are going to pay more. Here's the interesting thing about this. And I, 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 a lot of the stuff they're saying, I agree with. Um, One thing I do find interesting is the city of Seattle in this uh, ironically named pay up ordinance that they started. That's what they're talking. That's what kind of got the whole ball rolling here. They started this thing. Seattle city council adopted this thing back in, I think it was 2022, but it just went into effect in January of this year. And what happened with the pay up ordinance is that they were saying that there has to be this baseline living wage that app delivery drivers, delivery app drivers, I guess you used to say uh, in the city of Seattle should be able to make this amount of money because they're just not making enough. Now, it's a really nice thing to be able to say in the city of Seattle that you have the highest paid delivery app drivers, but the downstream consequence, what ended up happening is these app services aren't just going to, because they're, you know, again, the city of Seattle is not giving away money to these delivery app drivers. They still have to be paid by the apps. And so the apps who now have this new cost to this higher wage that they're forced to pay these people who were happily doing these jobs beforehand before they were told you have to make this baseline salary of whatever it was going to be like 20 something dollars an hour. Um, those app services then just like raise their costs to cover the increased cost of those drivers. And then they start tacking on these service fees and the service fees were driving people crazy so much so that they had just said, Hey, you know what? Like when I order a $9 burrito from Chipotle, but it cost me $19 because there's a service fee added onto it. There's all these different things. I could actually just drive down to Chipotle and get my burrito for nine bucks. And then there's no service fee. It's just the cost of the burrito that I get to then bring home and I get to eat it on my couch of shame because this burrito is the size of a baby. I love Chipotle burritos, by the way. This is not like me knocking Chipotle burritos. I love them. They're great. And if they want to advertise on the show, they're more than welcome to. And I would be a great advertiser for them. Uh, so, so anyway, they had to raise the cost and they started adding these service fees. And then people said, you know what? I'm not going to order if I have all these service fees tacked on. And then the drivers of this pay-up ordinance, this, uh, who, who should have been benefiting from this pay-up ordinance, they started realizing that nobody's ordering food in the city of Seattle anymore. And so on Sunday, we, we played this audio clip a while back, but uh, I think it was Como or Cairo or King 5, I don't know, one of the news stations. 
they talked to one of these drivers and, uh, and he, he was riding his bike and he was making food deliveries and he would be very busy on a Sunday. He would be very, very busy. And they said, hey, uh, how's business going now that this pay up ordinance has kicked in? And he says, well, if I'm being completely honest with you, I don't even really do it anymore. It's really tough to get an order and to make any money. He used to deliver on Sundays because that was like such a high time. It would just be packed. 13, 14 orders an hour he'd be able to get. And now he says he doesn't even take Sundays anymore. He doesn't even like put himself on that map or however it works on the Uber Eats or the uh, DoorDash. He doesn't even make himself available for deliveries because nobody's doing it. You're just going to go and sit out there all day waiting for one person to make an order on a Sunday morning when it used to be their super high, busy time. They're not doing it. And now restaurants, the other thing that's happening, the other domino to fall after this pay-up ordinance was put into place, restaurants are now seeing far fewer people ordering food because they're not wanting to pay that extra service fee. And they're not going in to get the food like they used to because everybody's gotten so used to these apps just delivering you these, these meals. And so, yes, like, it's a bummer that in Lake Stevens, somebody is seeing a delivery service fee because of this pay-up ordinance that was put in place in Seattle. But that's kind of what happens. You have a big city center area. That's obviously where DoorDash has some sort of a, you know, some sort of a facility. Uh, you have Uber Eats or whoever it is. They're having to try to figure out how to, like, make up those costs that they're having to pay higher prices on drivers. Everybody pays when a place like Seattle, which is a big city, puts into effect one of these ridiculous things, which is to say, uh, we want to be able to have, we want to be able to claim that our drivers make the most in the city of Seattle. I also don't think that these delivery services should be tacking on these high delivery fees for people in Lake Stevens, but unfortunately, that's just the way the business works. They're not going to eat the cost. Why would they? They don't have to. If this lady in Lake Stevens doesn't want to order food and pay the, uh, doesn't want to order food through the app and pay the service fee, she'll drive. Or she's going to keep ordering and just pay the higher price. It's just like how it's going to work. And it's a bummer, but I wish that the Seattle City Council had not instituted that pay-up ordinance. And I would be not surprised at all. I would not be surprised in the least if that went away very soon. Somehow. I'm not sure how they would do that. Would it take another city council? The city council members that originally put this thing on there, they're not even there anymore. They were voted out. People didn't like it. They didn't like them, I guess. So they voted them out. They put new people in. So I'm guessing that sometime in the near future that uh, that that pay-up ordinance would go away and maybe costs would come back down, but who knows? Maybe not. All right, uh, we have two other clips we haven't even had a chance to get to, so we're going to do that next. We're going to stretch this news roundup. Uh, Jack and Spike have an interesting story about bribing a police officer. John and Sherry are talking about romance scammers. I think this has to do with AI, stuff like that. So it's really interesting. I don't want you guys to miss that. So stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scoreheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. All right. We didn't have a chance to play all of the clips from our news roundup in the last segment. So I thought it would be nice if we carried it on here. So, again, if you are new to the show or if you haven't listened to the show before, what we do in the news roundup is we look back on all the other shows and we find out what they were talking about. We pull a clip, usually minute, a minute, minute and a half, from each of those other shows, something interesting, something insightful, something funny. It doesn't matter what it is, just something interesting. And then we pull it onto this show and then it gives us a chance to talk about it. And what we like to do, what we like to think we're doing is being really nice and we like to highlight the other shows on our show here, which is in prime time, and which just gets like killer, killer ratings. 
because it's prime, because it's prime time. That's bragging that I shouldn't be doing. All right, but it's true. All right, so on Jack and Spike, what were they talking about on Jack and Spike? Bribing a police officer, scary, bad idea. I know why people think that they can do it. Let's find out. Actually, before I get my commentary on this, I haven't listened to these clips yet. Matt pulls all these clips, then I uh, react to them live with you on the air. I don't know what they're going to talk about, but it's about bribing a police officer. Let's hear about it, then we can chat. My decree on this is that this this woman who is clearly under the influence, mm-hmm. all right, so she's she knows that she this, things are going bad for her. She decides that she's going to offer the deputies drugs in exchange for her release. I'm going to say that's cringe, but I'm also going to say that it's based Ooh. at the same time. Please. This is the thing. I, I want to clue you guys in on this just in case you don't know what, what it is. And I had to look this up. Um, cringe and based are two ways to describe things. Jack and Spike say this a lot on the show. You've probably heard it on there when you listen to their show. They do a, a cringe, I think they do a cringe and based segment. I've heard this also on the internets uh, because I scan the internets. So cringe is when somebody does something that people kind of cringe at. You guys know what cringing is? Kind of like, ugh, cringe. And then based is when something is, I actually don't really have a great explanation for based, if I'm being completely honest. I think based is like what we all generally understand of as a good thing. Um, I'm sounding really, really old as I describe cringe and based because as I'm as I'm talking to you right now, as I'm describing it, I can't describe what based is. In fact, I'm going to look it up right now. What does based mean? What does based mean? All right, based slang. This is according to online. Based is a slang term that has a different meaning depending on the context. It originally meant to be addicted to crack cocaine. Uh, I don't think that's what they mean when they say cringe or based, but it was reclaimed by rapper Little B to mean being yourself and not caring what others think of you. In internet slang, a based person or opinion is one that is confident, free thinking, and not influenced by the opinion of others. It can be used also to mean, to mean commendable or excellent. All right, so that I, that makes sense. So basically, like it, you're a confident, free-thinking person, not influenced by others. Uh, it could also mean you're addicted to crack cocaine. So it's one of those two. I'm not exactly sure. I don't want to put words in Jack's mouth. It means one of those two things. I'm assuming it's the latter, but I'm I'm sorry. So I'm assuming it's the former. I'm assuming it's not crack cocaine. Uh, a reference to being addicted to drugs. Maybe that's what he means. I would be surprised if that's what it is. But anyway, back to his uh, cringe based. Please explain that. Because I, I've been rolling this around in my brain for quite some time. Okay. Let's just think about this for like two seconds. And I know this is going to sound shocking, but let's just think about this for like two seconds. If I, it, let's say I run a red light. Mm-hmm. Cop pulls me up, whoop, 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 and I pull over. Excuse me, sir, you just ran a red light. It, should it be illegal for me to give him a hundred bucks and say, sorry about that, boss? Should that be illegal? Short answer, yes. Yes. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. Why? Why though? Why? Tell me why. Um, I'm going to answer this before Spike has a chance to answer this, and I will tell you why. And Jack might disagree with this. He might find it cringe, or he might find it based, because it gives people with money uh, an advantage over other folks. I can't just hand out $100 bills. I can't just hand out C-notes every time I run red lights. I mean, I could because of my vast wealth. I don't like to do that. I think it's a bad uh, a bad way to use my finances. But, uh, and I'm not vastly wealthy, so I, I actually couldn't do that. I could hand out like Lincolns. I could hand out some Fivers. I, I don't think that's gonna have the sway with the cops. But you don't want rich people to be able to get away with things. Although, I think rich people do kind of have the opportunity to get away with some things from time to time because of money, uh, maybe. But I, I yeah, we don't want police officers... That would uh, breed uh, corruption. 
in police officers. Uh, it would encourage them to uh, turn a blind eye to things that people should not be doing, like speeding. We have these laws for a reason. This is another thing that I think is pretty based, right, Zach? Right, Jack? Pretty based. Um, you should not be speeding because it's unsafe to drive that speed limit. And then people who are also on the road, we share the road with other people. Those people could be in danger because I'm driving too fast. And if I have this expectation that I can just run red lights because I'm used to handing out a C note or Lincoln uh, to the officers that I know, then I'm probably running a red light all the time and I'm driving faster than I should. And bad behavior done time and time again is going to lead to bad results. And maybe I don't hit somebody the first time I'm running a red light, but maybe I do the second or the hundredth or the 200th time. So that's why you should, if that's the question, it's like a quick answer to his question. That's why I wouldn't be bribing police officers. Because the he should be held to a standard where um, enforcement of the law isn't a decision he gets to make. There are rules right. in place. Right. I agree. But I just ran a red light. hundred bucks. Okay. That's the cost. Right? That's just the cost of doing business. Mm, give, so, him, so, give him 100 bucks. Yeah. And here, but here's the thing. What if he had to put it into the officer's fund? My cousin drives around with the that 1199 foundation thing around his license plate. You know okay. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a lifetime donor to the 1199 foundation. And that's one, a police uh, support That's group. for when officers... See, that's smart. You want to make friends with cops. You don't want to bribe cops. You want to make friends with cops. And this is what I've done. I have a lot of cop friends. I'm not saying that they give me any special advantages. But because maybe, I don't know, maybe there's just something out there, like because I'm more aware of police officers, I'm actually uh, a more responsible driver. I'm a more responsible citizen. So maybe I'm just like breaking less rules because like their, their cop behavior is rubbing off on me, actually, because I am a better citizen because I have so many friends who are cops. That's probably it. Um, so yeah, don't bribe cops. It's a bad idea. Let's get to John and Sherry's really fast because I said we would. John and Sherry talking about romance scammers. This one's interesting to me. What do we got? crazy story that Joe told yesterday about somebody that he knows who which you still are just incredulous to the Luke Bryan Luke Bryan a country star wrote this woman saying hey you know you can get in touch with her and he's sending stuff back and forth to this woman she's a 60 year old gal and she then starts texting him back and forth thinking it's Luke Bryan the country star and then he says I need my bus broke down I need $40,000 and she sent him that she sent him all together $200,000 it was to, I think it was 50000 to Luke Bryan and 50000 to Dustin Lynch okay well <laughs> Dustin needs the money more than Luke okay so right Sherry the nutty thing about that is then it happened to her again Right? Yeah. Twice. So what you lose altogether? Two hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand total. Yeah. And it, it, and just wrapping your mind around how it could happen once is hard enough. Right. But twice. And these, you know, it, it, she's lonely. I get it. And is it that hard to believe? Is it not? Is it not the same person? Like it, it's obviously not Luke Bryant. So it's probably just the same person who's scamming her twice. I mean, that would be my guess. You know, her family's all moved out, but this. This megastar, Luke Bryan, like one of the biggest names in the music industry, is bored on tour and is DMing fans and then needs money? Yeah. Well, these these people, they are really efficient con artists. So if they're posing as a celebrity, chances are if they want some proof of this, they already have the merchandise or they have the whatever. They could send them a little token here and there. I mean, these are elaborate scams. I, 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 I'm very surprised that somebody could be scammed in that way. But it happened to me when I was in college. I got contacted again. This is a long time ago when scams were kind of like still fresh on the Internet. But I was contacted 
And I still don't know if it was a scam, actually. But there was an Ethiopian prince, uh, princess, actually. She was from Ethiopia. And she contacted, no, Nigerian. I'm sorry, not Ethiopia. Nigerian princess. And she contacted me through uh, Craigslist, actually. And she asked me for some money. Um, I sent her the money. And then she said she was going to actually, like, put money back into some account of mine or something later on. I'm still waiting on that money. I'm hoping that I get it. But what I know for a fact is that I think I really help somebody out, which is really the point, right? Shouldn't we be helping other people out? I mean, I know this is a story about scammers, but if somebody's in need and they come to you and they need your help, I'm the kind of guy who likes to help. All right, uh, but don't don't respond to Luke Bryan. If he looks, if, if he's trying to look at looking you up, trying to get money from you, don't respond. He's doing fine. All right, we got a lot of stuff coming up on the show. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Carbon Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Score. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. All right, I played a little bit of this audio yesterday, and some of you may have heard it. And so if you did, then you you can be upset. I don't think you're going to be upset because the story's really funny. For those of you who haven't heard it, this is pretty great. All right, so you guys know how bad things are in big cities, right? Crime is really bad. Fentanyl, drug use. It's just rampant everywhere. It's everywhere. It's bad stuff. In fact, there's a video, Jason uh, Jason Rance, he's a good buddy of mine, he just posted a video yesterday of a guy outside of our building right here, where I'm at right now in Seattle, right by our parking lot, just doing fentanyl, just like he's, just like he's outside smoking a cigarette, which is also kind of gross, but not illegal. But fentanyl, you should be locking people up for that. Absolutely. You should be arresting people. Super dangerous. People are dying in record numbers. And it's a bad thing. Obviously, you guys have heard of fentanyl, obviously. But in New York City, where they have a lot of these same problems, they have crime, they have cops literally getting beaten up in the streets. The NYPD is trying something a little new to combat some of this crime. Instead of fighting crime, what they're going to do instead is dance at it. The New York Police Department has started a dance troupe. This is not a joke. This is real. Uh, listen to this intro that they had on PIX11. Talk to a bunch of the members of this dance troupe. So when they are not serving and protecting the community, these members of the NYPD like to bust a move. Oh, yes. Okay. They are the NYPD dance team, and they are looking for a few good people who share their passion for dancing. Yes, they are a few good people. I love... Um, local news coverage of stories like this. Uh, I'm not trying to make fun because I have a lot of friends who work in local news, but it's just funny. Just like the way that they talk, it's not how anybody else talks. Bust a move. Oh yeah. Like, just, I, I love it. Especially, especially during the winter time. I always like to uh, TiVo. I guess you don't call it TiVoing anymore. I always like to record local news when they do snow coverage anytime it gets snowy because it's like, they're a tiny baby woodland creature who's never experienced snow before. And then they go outside in the snow and they're just having a blast because it gets ratings. And then they bend over and they show you what snow feels like in case you've never experienced snow in your life. Uh, anyway, all right, back to the dance troupe. Back to this local PIX11 News in New York talking to the NYPD dance troupe. Why do they do it? They were asked. And where? So the goal of the team is to make sure that we have some a space to do the, like, have a mental release our mental you know, yeah, stress, stress, our mental yeah. issues. Because, you know, we have a lot of things we see on the job from any kind of robbery or any kind of, you know, just any kind of crime. So we have to have a space to decompress and just have a space to relax and have fun. 
Wow, and you also do a little bit of community service, right? Yes, you absolutely. Out? So we do like going into the community, especially going to the schools to make sure that the kids have a place to exercise. So we do a lot of little intensive with the kids and do that. We also go to parades and galas. And they love to dance. And, and dance. dance. Oh, man, you got moves better than Winky, I think. Yes, they do. All right, so then, uh, because they had to, they uh, performed on this Pix11. You guys should look this up, really. It's getting a lot of play on the internet. People in New York are not super happy about this. They're not happy that the streets are being filled with drugs and crime. And the answer to that is a New York Police Department dance troupe. I'm not making fun of the people who are in this either. I understand that they want to perform and I understand, I don't know if it's about performing as, as much as it is. Maybe they just feel like they want to be part of a group and that's nice. You know, like if all these people, and they're not all actually cops, they can, they get, they can be family of cops. They can be people who are, uh, um, they call them in civilian service as well. So I'm not sure what, what that means. Uh, but they were saying that, um, or civilian service members, um, they are inviting a lot of people to join this. I think it probably just feels good because they are with other people who don't want to focus on crime and all those different horrible things that they you know, have to focus on for their jobs. Instead, they can just focus on the dance and just like get those good endorphins going. So they then demonstrated their dancing abilities. And because this is radio and because it is uh, not a visual medium, I'm going to describe for you what's happening here. So they're about to start dancing. And when they do, they're wearing... Very tight um, shorts and um, knee pads. Imagine like a dance troupe. Like, did you guys ever see the show? Um, uh, uh, what was it? Jennifer Lopez was part of it. I'm trying to remember. In Living Color. In Living Color had a dance group that would do like dances in between sketches. Or like imagine any sideline uh, dance troupe in uh, NFL or NBA or wherever they have dancers except these people are not professional dancers. And so the moves that they can do, the things that they can accomplish are not like super, super impressive. But they are doing it in a pretty good choreographed way. So here's what that sounded like. What are you going to perform for us today? So today we're dancing to Club Can't Handle Me by Flo Rida. My, it's my jam. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> That's his <Yeah>. jam. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to let you perform. Awesome, thank you. Thanks. Now they're dancing... They're like uh, moving their knees. They're shaking hips. Choreographed hand movements. It's dancing. You guys get it. You get what dancing is. And then they kept dancing for the length of that song. That song is like four minutes long. And they did it for the entire time. That's a long time to be dancing when you're an adult and you're not part of a professional dance troupe. That's a long time to watch another, another adult dance who's not a professional. But the news anchors at Pix11, they were duly impressed. Did you see some of those high kicks? I would not want to mess up with them in the middle of a dark. No, alley. you would not. Not want to mess with those people with so high kicks. Uh, it did remind me of this from Arrested Development. Tobias teaches some street toughs how to dance, and then they take it out to the streets to try to change people. Tobias's plan to change the streets with his gang also turned out to be ill-conceived. Hey, Fazellas. <laughs> Looks like you guys are up to no good. Well, this gang used to be like that two, three, four. So you think you're <laughs> tough? Well, we hate rapping. But don't bust the captain, because here's what's happening. We're breaking out some old-fashioned tapping. Hey, but the crib says you gang in town. Oh, I'm a shot. Oh, 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 o
I love that. This gang used to be like that. Two, three, four. All right. Uh, so that's the New York PD Police Department. Uh, actually, that's redundant. That's the NYPD dance troupe. I hope that Seattle considers doing something similar because we have a lot of the same problems that New York suffers from in Seattle here. And maybe a dance troupe? I don't know. Maybe they could solve those problems. All right. We got a lot coming up. Stick around. Third hour of the show. That's when we can really kind of like let our hair down. Just have some fun. So stick around for that. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. Cairo Nights.